episode 203. Damn, of, 203. Yeah, man, of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace podcast. And I'm going to say it. I'm sitting here with a legend. A legend. Oh, yeah, an innovator. Bay Area. First death metal band. I'm going to say that, too. My man, Jeff Becerra from Possessed. And I will throw out Blizzard as well. But yeah, yes, yeah. fuck yeah, man. How you doing, man? Jimmy, what's up, man? It's good to be here. It's an honor. I've been waiting for this. I'm excited about it. Dude, thank you for your time, man. I reached out to you and you were like, yeah, dude, let's do it. I'm like, you let me know when it's good for you. I'll work around your schedule. I'm easy. Yeah, well, we, we got it in pretty good. Uh, which, yeah. uh, much to the chagrin, like, uh, it's weird, like certain 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 podcasts I'll be drawn to. Yeah. Uh, and certain ones I, I just I don't know. Like it I it's weird. Like I feel like a there's this inner inner pull in me that says, Oh, you go to this one or you go to that one, you know. But yeah. you can't do them all, but I I like uh, this one's awesome. So I was listening to your I was listening to your um podcast. I was like, this dude's cool. So thanks, man. I appreciate it. And it was it's yeah. weird because you know, I, I I did like a lot of hardcore stuff and I'll have like crazy graffiti writers on and stuff like that. And then I just started to branch out a little bit just because I felt like I wanted to, I, I don't pander to really anybody. I just basically do what I want to do. And, yeah. you know, I'm like, you know, I had a bunch of the guys from violence on and, and, you know, like I've been having like a lot, it seems like it's not even really on purpose. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. But I've had like a lot of Bay Area guys on. So I'm like, hold on. Like, let me see if Jeff will do it. Like, I'll throw a Hail Mary out there. I've asked all kinds of sometimes I don't get a response. Sometimes I do. You hit me back like this. And I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Because you paved the way for all of those bands. Yeah, well, I mean. All of those bands, because you're the you you possess the first wave, Bay Area, Thrash, Slash, Death Metal Band. I mean, like, there's a reason behind that is because you, you got to remember, Possessed was pre-video, pre... We, I remember when the CD was invented. You know, everything was vinyl back then, and there was really no... I remember when the internet, it was only AOL, and it would be like, beep, bop, beep, bop, beep. And everybody <laughs> on the internet came in like a phone book. So everybody on the internet was in like a little pamphlet, like that thick. Yeah. So before that, like, you had to hustle. Like, if somebody asked you for an interview, you fucking do the interview because... Yeah, you know, that's your outlet. And yeah. so I think there's a, there's a, a difference, of, uh, like there's a, a completely different work ethic where I don't know if I'm going in the right way or whatever, but like I, I enjoy working and enjoy talking about the band and I, I especially enjoy meeting people, you know, so. Yeah, same here, man. I, I, got a band. I love bullshitting about music. I, I, I only have people on that I respect or admire what they do or if I'm a legitimate fan of the band. Like I'm not going to sit here, I'm not going to sit here and, talk with somebody that like, I don't like their band or it's, I'm not going to fake anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. And you know, to, to a certain extent, it's like, um, I, I think that every artist, like, like I, I try to never really bag on anybody because if they have an audience, then they're making somebody happy. You know what I, I mean? Know. Like I'm totally not an elitist, but I do get your idea. I am very picky about what I listen to. I'm not going to lie. So. Oh yeah, me yeah. too. I mean, there's certain things I just it, and I I won't I won't shit on it. Listen, if you like so and so and so and so, might not be my cup of tea. But if that if you enjoy it, have at it, man. Like who am I to say? Everyone, it's it's just all taste. You know what I mean? So well, here's if I see somebody having success like at my level and whatever genre, I yeah. want to know what their secret is, right? But I don't think there is a secret. I think it's fucking luck, dude. 
there's yeah. a lot of work because everybody can play now. So everybody sure. can produce, everybody can engineer. It's yeah. not enough. It, it's it's a lot, a lot. Everybody can do business. Everybody can talk. Uh, the the industry is tough now. Like, it's, but it, but it's also a lot more intelligent. And I think, uh, you know, hopefully it's going in the right direction. So yeah, and I see a lot like, more diversity and stuff like that. Oh, no, it was very singular back in the days. So. Yeah, without a doubt. But like, like, there was something that like set you guys apart because you you guys did something that like no, literally nobody had ever done. You know what I mean? So you kind of you paved the way for a lot of bands by just doing something completely unique and just happened to quote unquote step in shit. And I guess got lucky, but that was because you wanted to do what you wanted to do. And you came up with something completely different. Yeah. I mean, and that probably could be attributed to again, a lack of uh, diversity because metal was pretty fledgling back then, at least extreme metal. Yeah. You know, we had the venom, we had Exodus, yeah. we had Metallica, which was like a year before us, I think, or, maybe not even that yeah but um when i think when bands like metallica first of all if people, if somebody doesn't like metallica they're just weird but yeah. uh, it's true. Metallica, it's true. i remember seeing them on the kill them all at the keystone birds like when i was younger i was like when i was a teen like 14 15 or whatever i was like fuck these motherfuckers invented a whole new genre like, i was like they're like men but way like heavier like it's cool like it was like Exodus and Maiden mixed together or something. I don't know what it was, but it was Metallica. And I think when they got signed on Capitol, it just opened up a huge um, window of opportunity. Like, uh, and then uh, and also bands like Venom were um, well, they got they got signed. Well, originally they were on Megaforce with Johnny Z, and then Michael Alago picked them off, and they got signed to Geffen. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were on Capitol too, though. I think, right? Yeah, maybe at some point. I'm not sure, but. But oh, I've seen labels like like make and break people. I mean, oh. I, I've seen possessed past bands that were so far advanced before just because they got stuck in a bad contract. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and when the like the the majors after Metallica, they started snapping up everything. And when people would try to get out of their contract, they'd get shelved. Or you know, the the fucking industry could be very cruel. It was very cruel back then. People were very possessive. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. I mean. Yeah, but anyway, I don't know. I'm sidetracking. Uh, no, but so, dude, so, everybody who listens to this knows that this is what happens. It's fine. This is free form. We're not, yeah, we're not, yeah. This is a conversation. It's all good, man. <laughs> well, I just met like bands like Metallica and Venom. They, Venom did their whole shit independent. They were in the Guinness Book of World Records back in the early 80s for largest independent record sales over like Motley Crue and everybody. They were fucking huge. That's like, insane. I would be hard pressed to think that. Kronos isn't fucking just clocking the dollars, dude. Because it has they, to be. On yeah, they put all that shit out themselves and just fucking. Yeah, it's yeah. all money for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to go back in time because Possessed technically was formed in what, 83, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, 83. But now before that, or was it the same time Possessed was formed or whatever, you were in a band called Blizzard? Yeah, yeah, it was Marauder. Me and Larry started Marauder in like 79 or 78. We were little kids. So you started who? Me and Larry Lalonde, from the first Possessed. Yeah. And Mike Minor, he went on to Blind Illusion. Yeah. Uh, we, we all lived next to each other. And um, we started the band. Mike was in a band playing like Hendrix and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we grew up around bands like Y&T. And, you know, um, the Greg Kin band was from Pinot. And, you know, of course... Um, you know, later on, Kirk was, uh, well, he, he grew up like right around the corner from me, from Metallica. And there was Les Claypool, uh, 
playing with Blind Illusion and, and Primus and Mark Biedermans. And it was a pre-Exodus called Outrage. And then, of course, Exodus and um, oh, Green Day were younger than us. They were like the little the skate kids. And uh, God, there's so many bands around there. It's like it's like a little five mile mecca of bands. It's crazy. So yeah, you you went to high school with Larry Lalonde, right? I did. Um, I went to junior high with him. Okay, and, and high school. And um, when uh, I remember when we were, like we were kids, I. Uh, I remember because um, I played drums first, and then I got uh, a Les Paul cut uh, a copy Les Paul. We all had this place called Fiatarelli uh, Music, and George Cole and and um, front and uh, front of Berkeley Squares and Joe Satriani were teachers down there. It's like a little um, music shop in Pinole, which is a little town, and they had Joe Satriani teaching there, and uh, they had like good quality fake guitars right so for okay. a couple hundred bucks you can get like a p bass that was a little clunky but it was a real instrument you know right so that that was their claim to fame and they sold like sheet music and back then everybody read sheet music it was weird yeah. but um yeah and uh so we i don't know where i'm, I'm going but anyway so we kind of all grew up and then uh, me and mike were like let's start a band but then we got this guy danny bowen who had a real sg a real gibson Okay. And and so he ended up getting a guitar spot. So I was like, well, I played drums and guitar. Bass makes perfect sense. And it's a good call because um I love bass. You know, bass is my thing. And then um and so and I sang back up. So we started Blizzard and we played like uh uh cover tunes. I think we played like we played like Can't Stop Rock and Roll, <laughs> Bang Your Head. We played uh it's kind of embarrassing, but it's cool. These were no, that's all right, man. Bang! It's like Metal Health, Quiet Riot. Yeah, yeah. I love that song, dude. There's nothing yeah, yeah. embarrassed about. It. Yeah, and remember, this was pre, like pre everything. So yeah, and, and uh, we played like UFO. We played some like, of course, Black Sabbath. And yeah. we were little fucking kids. I'll send you a picture, man. It's hella funny. Like I have like a mullet with spike on top, and I awesome. fucking and I bleach my hair, like you know, like and. Uh, I we all had the mullet, man. I had uh, yeah. a crazy mullet, too. Yeah, and uh, I remember my dad yelled at me. He's like, you look like a goddamn woman. I was like, yeah, yeah of course. That's what he yeah. said back then. You freak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My stepfather would be like, what are you, a freak? So yeah, I had like, we this crazy mullet wearing an anthrax shirt and shit. Yeah, man, we freak. Super blue collar, super blue collar. Like, yeah. I, remember, I remember our first mortgage was like $64 a month. And when they went up to 110 I remember my parents, hearing my parents say, how are we going to make our mortgage, right? Oh, my so, God. It's cool. I mean, like, we, I literally grew up in, like, next to the steel mills. And, yeah, uh, you know, it was a lower middle class place, you know. And then my dad got a better job and a better job. We moved up and up. Yeah. So, but, but anyway, so when we were in our second house on APM Way, I ended up playing drums and singing backups. And then we knew Larry, who was super quiet. He was from Alcibani, but he was going to Pinole for some reason. Okay. And um, we had heard stories about how his dad was in prison. And I shouldn't say all that probably, but, no, but Larry, the details, it's fine. Larry lived with his mom and he, he was a really quiet kid. So we approached him and we're like, Hey man, you play guitar. And he's like, yeah. And you know, you want to start a band? And he was like, yeah. So we we're like a little kids. And that was kind of our claim to fame because my damn bass was like, it looked like this big on me. I was yeah. fucking like 75 pounds. How old and, were you uh, about this time? How old were you? 16? 11? Oh, no, 11. Oh, shit. Yeah, I wrote the words to the lyrics of Burning in Hell when I was 11. I was 11 years old. I wrote the word between 80 and 81. 
So some of my best shit I did back then because I was that was my Poe period. I was reading everything I from Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, eleven. That's crazy, man. That's so, fucking awesome. So my sister, like, we were just fucking around, like playing rock stars, and you know, we had big crowds in our head, but we were down in my sister's room, or or me and my room trade. My sister traded downstairs basement room, and then my sister, like, was the one that spurred us. Uh, first of all, she paid for my first base, the sister. She put twenty dollars a month on it because she had a job. So she was really always trying to coax me to go further and kind of managing us. And uh, you know how women are, you know, they're pushy and, and they're smart. And so uh, the women are smarter. It's like that great Pulled song. But, uh, but then she's like, I got you your first gig. And we were like terrified, like fuck. And, um, and because uh, the, the only, we had our first two little kind of groupie girls, like these little cute girls, we called them groupies, but you know, it was all innocent. They'd sit on the couch and we'd be like super nervous to play in front of them. It was like our big gig. <laughs> yeah. But then my sister was like, I got you um, to play the Kager party at Mike Shane's house. And these were like the older kind of biker stoner kids, you know, because yeah. my sister's a few years older than us. Like the cool kids that smoke weed and shit and drink. Oh, they like 15, 16? <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah, yeah those are like the older kids. They like <laughs> straight up adults us at the time. So we, we used a piece of plywood. We went and bought a piece of plywood or stole one or whatever. And we set that up on the lawn and we, um, we fucking played, started out with Paranoid and fucking with these little kids playing Sabbath and fucking it was a hit. And we were all hooked from that day on. We were like, that was fucking awesome. Like, oh, that's so great, man. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Shit. So now, 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 Blizzard eventually, obviously, turns into it goes possessed to Blizzard, and then it turns into possessed, like the possessed. Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike, and Mike were. I don't think they ever played a gig, but they were playing Priest and Maiden covers. You know, with uh, the first singer, their first singer shot himself in the head just as just before, so they didn't have a singer. And um, I got kicked out of Blizzard because I wanted to play heavier. And they were going to Grateful Dead concerts and dropping acid and shit. Yeah. And I don't like all that hippie shit. It's not, and, uh, I'm not a fan either. <laughs> and, and so uh, so I got kicked out. I was heartbroken. I remember it feeling worse than my divorce. Oh, it was like the same feeling as my divorce. Yeah, man. Like, well, party like, with something that you that you loved. <laughs> yeah, and I'd been in it so long, you know, since I was a little kid. And so I was kind of lost. I was hanging out with my girlfriend and these two like like old, obviously older kids, like all in like black leather, long ass hair. I thought they were going to come fuck with me because my girlfriend was super hot. She went on to become Miss Bikini Pennsylvania. So I was kind of used to it. And so I'm getting ready to scrap, right? And um, and I got my fists all balled up. They're like, are you Jeff Becerra? I'm like, yeah, what of it? And they're like, do you play bass? I was like, my heart, like, how oh, good. Yeah. Like, you want to come check us out? So, so Mike had a few songs and he gave me a cassette tape. I went home and learned them. And, and I, I, since I lost all my equipment, I had to go to Radio Shack and buy a couple of 15. I bought the biggest speakers I could and built like PA cabinets and used a guitar head and brought over the sister's bass I had and that she bought me. And I, I snailed the audition. They were like, you sing? And in my mind, I was thinking politically, it's a lot better to be a front man because the bass players are so disp- uh, 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 disposable. Disposable. Sure. And so... Yeah, I mean, bass players, like, we have two things. is survival and trying to establish your own unique sound, right? So, right. so if you, as a bass player, if you can be unique, which it, it's it's a good thing, you know, like the and people like uh, Billy Sheehan and, and, and uh, 
Jaco Pastore and Cliff Burton and Rudy Sarzo. And these, these are all people like I really looked up to. And I'm not saying I'm in that category, but so yeah, you since look I, was, I, I get it. Sure. I, I figured I'm more pulled being the front man. So I just like bullshit. Yeah. I sing, even though I, you know, right. and so, yeah. So there were like, the, I, I learned some lyrics and came back and I just like wrong, super low and super heavy. And afterwards, uh, Mike and Mike looked at me like, they were like, well, that, that's great. Yeah. But can you tone it down a little bit? So, um, so possessed, my voice was my toned down voice. That's where I went. There you go. And, and, and just, and just from doing that basically created a new genre of heavy music. Oh, I mean, Hey man, we had seen the success of black metal with Venom and, and right. I'm savvy enough to like know about copyrights and all that stuff at a very early age. I, I was always kind of a businessman and a band leader. That's the one thing I'm good at is, um, is leading a band and organizing and managing. So um, I was, you know, branding ourselves made complete sense, you know, and also because back then thrash, the, of course, there were the Slayers and the Exoduses and, and um, but most thrash bands were super generic and kind of commercial, kind of spandex and poofy hair. Yes. And, and, and I'm not bagging on that. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, not but at all. They great bands. Wasn't, wasn't my thing, you know, it wasn't my thing. I wanted to go heavier and heavier. And by the grace of Satan or whoever, I hooked up with my trail and we were so like-minded, like, like in the fact that we just want to be the fastest, most heaviest, most satanic guy in the world. Because we, we noticed very early on that there was like, everybody would say, oh, we're fucking heavy, you know, uh, we're, we're dark. But there was like an invisible line that nobody would cross over. And it was so obvious to us like that, that, you know, we were younger and let's just blow past that fucking line and see what happens. We didn't really, we, we, we thought it was more like a bomb punk lines, like fuck the world. And we didn't think it would ever take off. And, and, you know, for a long time, we took a, you know, people didn't want to accept death metal as a, as a, a, a um, subgenre or genre. They didn't want to acknowledge that the media always called us thrash or slayer clones, even though, you know, we wrote seven churches before you ever even heard slayer. So yeah. it was like, it was, it was like, we took a lot of shit, you know, and, um, but, Luckily, like it took off for, through, we made like 79 tapes and it spread like wildfire on the underground. It was like, everybody was just kind of thirsting for that heaviness. And, and, uh, you know, it was, we were really lucky, you know, we were, I mean, we, you know, I think church went like gold when I was like 16, Larry was 15. And that's crazy. Yeah. Now, even before that, you put out a demo, you put out a demo called death metal now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right there, yeah. you do it. It's like, you're almost branding yourself right there. Bang, death metal. Oh, we we're definitely branding ourselves, you know, whether people wanted to hear it or not. And it's always been this way. You know, people always say we're thrash, but it's been this way since the beginning. Like nobody's ever accepted. Nobody ever wants to accept the first one because they, they think there's some sort of monetary value or prestige in it. But it's actually kind of pain in the ass. <laughs> you know? but, but I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to give up my history. It's like the one cool thing I ever did, you know. You've done a lot of cool things, but that's very cool that you started something that's very fucking cool. I also think, though, and I'm, I never said this before, but I think in a way it, it could hold me back because, like, um, you know, death metal is many things now, you know, and, and what we play, all OSDM, if you listen to, like, early death or possessed or cannibal corpse or morbid angel, it has a strong elements of thrash because of my logic was why throw the baby out with the bathwater? I like the melodies. I like the music, the musicality of it. I like the talent of it, and um, and um, 
after possessed because possessed was definitely the heaviest man in the world carte blanche at yeah. one time but then there became like what i noticed a race to the bottom where everybody says we're the new heaviest we're the new heaviest well, until it's in there and everyone has to outdo each other sure yeah and then you get like um you know i mean like uh the new york scene which is awesome i love slam i love like you know mortician and and uh and suffocation and uh, all the Asians, immolations and, yeah, and all, the, all the Asian bands. <laughs> yeah, they're fucking awesome. So that that whole spun off, and then, but but people don't realize that people, what happens in the metal community a lot is people confuse their local scene with the global scene, and it's not that way. There's right. all kinds of brands of death metal. You know what I mean? Sure. And, oh, and I think, there's ninety five thousand different things nowadays. Everyone there's a subgenre of a subgenre. It, it's in, it's crazy nowadays. Which is great because like it's not going to survive with just possessed or right. just death or just morbid angel. It takes all that variety or. It, people need to argue over it, or it will never survive. You know? Yeah, I mean, yeah let people argue. It, keep, it keeps it. It keeps it going, whether yeah, it's, it's argument or not. It just keeps it going. Yeah, I love it. I love. I'm like the more the merrier, man. Because you know, it was. I mean, we were so prime. We're in, we thought like, well, we want death metal to be more than one thing, so we'll make each album sound different. You know, right. because it was literally just us. You know, and. Yeah. So now it, it opens up a lot of freedom now. And so um, I'm not really trying to be the heaviest anymore. I'm just trying to make some banging ass music. That yeah, do. just make fucking great fucking music. That's it. Because there's so many heavy bands. It's like, really? You get it's 5,000 fucking de death metal bands. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, the competition. It's like, whatever. Just make music that you love to make. And, and the, the newest record is incredible, dude. So... Who cares what you want to call yourself or what someone calls you or this arm or that truck? You know what I mean? Whatever it and, is. And, and you got to realize the reason I'm so introspective is because always in the back of my mind is the next album. So I'm yeah. like, what the fuck do I do? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can I get away with this or should I do that? Am I going to let my old school fan base down if I go a little bit more commercial or put too many hooks in? Or And, and I think on this last album, I really took it. I stayed in my own lane, but I actually changed the vocals i didn't double them it wasn't just all cookie monster right i took time and i didn't know if that would fly it's like with possess i never know if the album's gonna fly you know it's like well, it's well you, you, you have you have a you have a, a loyal cult following that's for sure oh yeah we have, you know what I mean? we have people that love us and hate us there's like hardly any in, in between that's what everything dude you know that that's what everything yeah. you know yeah it's 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 a trip you know it's like the last thing i want to do is let anybody down but yeah i have to be my own self yeah i was gonna say you gotta be true to yourself too absolutely yeah i mean so, now, so when when you wrote when you put out well you got signed who was it was it was combat relativity signed you when you put out seven churches right yeah roadrunner was our distribution the roadrunner is a distro company so we had combat with um with uh, relativity and uh roadrunner was a distro nice and that and and, and Sony, uh, Sony bought everything. So, okay. And then, and then after, I mean, did you tour besides like, I mean, besides like in your local area, did you guys jump in the van and tour like all over the country yeah, we, or go to Europe or anything like that on that? Yeah, we, we went to Europe in 86. Um, That's great. That's Boy early, Bodden, man. Boy Bod and Death Row. It was fucking great, dude. And uh, we had like two tractor trailer loads. Fucking, we had our own PA with us. I had like this foxy roadie chick that hardly ever said a word. And like, it was like rock star shit for us back then. Cause remember I'm 16, I was 15. Or, no, 
no, no, I was a little older then. So whatever I was in 86, 18, 17, 18. And so I would you were, just, you, were, you were a teenager regardless. It's crazy. She would just hold my bass strap like this and I put my head under it. It was tuned and ready to go and polished. I was like, fuck, this is the life. And, and it was weird because it happened so quick. I'd stop this is normal, you know? And, um, and uh, yeah, and we the party started, man. It was like, we were just partying. And uh, man, it was the 80s, man. So it was like so fucking crazy. And you got remember and a different world, man. Oh man, where we grew up, like I said, it was very a uh, blue collar. So we grew up siphoning gas, stealing shit, uh, fucking smoking weed or whatever, sure. just being fucking thugs, you know, a petty criminal thug. And um, and you know, Gary was right there with us. We were down in San Pablo, you know, and and it was a trip. So for somebody like us to see any modicum of success like this was unheard of. You know what I mean? So it's like. It was like our, our ticket out. Like back then, you either wanted to be a biker, a criminal, like a drug dealer. Uh, you, you could maybe be a boxer or join a gang, or you worked at fucking you worked at Chevron, you know, the plant or the steel right. mill. And the steel yeah. mill closed down. So, shit. So you're so you're basically you're touring on the Seven Churches thing, and it's basically on the verge of or already a gold record. Yeah, it was. It, it blew Damn. up. Dude. It blew up. It, it was like, yeah, I mean, the demo blew up. I mean, straight up. So, yeah, it, 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 it was crazy. Like, but remember, this is underground. This is not Metallica. We're, oh, yeah. We're, that's we're that, that's what makes it even more awesome. Yeah. Uh, like a band like Possessed will never be fucking bawling and fucking huge mansions. And you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, you know, we, we did buy it. We do okay. But, but it's still underground, man. It's like it's there's still a lot of things that need to be fixed in the death metal genre for it, you know. It, but uh, but yeah, it's it's not about the money. It's about like I'm happy for what I get, you know. I'm happy with my lot. Yeah, man, you're a humble guy, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So now, yeah, I get it. So now, so now you then you go back into the studio after a couple of years, or you probably had a lot of songs written already at the time. And you go back in and you do and you record beyond the gates. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were in the contract. Uh, well, 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 like with Nuclear Boss is cool. Like they're not cracking the whip. Like because you know we're supposed to put out an album a year, but Nuclear Boss is like take your time, just do it right. You know, don't rush it. That's but that wasn't a label like that, that. That wasn't Combat. Combat was like every fucking year you got to put out to an album, album and an EP. So so we're under contractual uh, obligation, but. It was really no problem for us, man. We we could we could rack them out, you know, and and, uh, and so I mean, because that's all we did, you know. Like we, there was nothing else to do. We practiced Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, like three and a half hours a day, and we just played all the time, you know. And it was our lives, and it's still my life, you know. It's been that that way yeah. for I, I since I was eleven, you know, forty three years or whatever. Oh shit! So now, and in between that, or around that same time. Um, Brian Slago throws you on the Metal Massacre. What was it? Metal Massacre 6, right? That was actually before Seven Churches, right? So Was it before Seven Churches? Yeah, that was before our combat because I remember, I think Swing we wanted to sign. Yeah, yeah, Swing of the Axe. That was off the demo, the second demo. Because I remember there being an 83 recording oh. and an 84, but the 84 is the best known. And so, um, so uh, we got our single on there. And uh, Brian Cycle put us on on Metal Massacre, and it was a big deal. Sure. And and then um, and then that got assigned, uh, jumped on the combat. So. Yeah, they, those Metal Massacre compilations did a lot for a lot of bands. 
Oh yeah, well, Metal, yeah. was it Metal Mask of Four? The last song was fucking Metallica. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Slagle was a, a magic maker, you know. Yeah, man. Those dudes were shrewd, man. They were shrewd. Yeah. All those early um, guys, because they were like, you know, kids themselves. You know, trying to like either making underground magazines that turned into magazines like Decibel, or or you know, like a lot of these. It's it's. I love this industry because you see people like actually making a living off of what they love to do. And it's a trip, but it's a true business. You know, you gotta be a businessman. Yeah, absolutely. So now, now seven churches and then you go in, you do beyond the gates. And then what year was beyond the gates? 87. Uh, 87. And that was the same year that Larry Lalonde leaves and goes to play with Primus. Yeah. Um, wait, no. Okay. Wait, hold on. Around. Churches was, church was 85. Right. 86 was Seven Churches, or uh, Beyond the Gates. So 86 and 87 was Eyes of Horror. Eyes of Horror EP, right. EP. We did that at Fantasy Studios, right between Night Ranger and David E. Rothman. And, uh, uh, yeah, because I snuck over and borrowed a couple of their um, bass drum mics. And oh, I, put little, I put little pieces of tape there because they had better mics. I used their mic and then took the tape off and put them exactly like they were. And, <laughs> That's and, great. Nobody ever knew until just now. So there you uh, go. Yeah. So David, David Lee Roth and Night Ranger had the mics. So um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So that's so, you uh, recording the Azahara EP with? Yeah. Yeah. We, I, I drifted. I borrowed their mics. Yeah. So. Yeah. Without them knowing, but you put them back and it's all right. Yeah. No harm. No foul. I mean, because mics are expensive, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I used Willie Nelson's old mic for Revelations of Oblivion. Fucking. I think, uh, what was that? Mike was like, God, did they say like $30,000 or $15,000? It's something ridiculous. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they bought Willie it used. Nelson's old mic. Yeah, yeah, I did. I used Willie Nelson's old mic on Revelations of Living. So. <laughs> That's just so weird and bizarre, but awesome at the same time. It was killer because I had the compressor all the way up, you know, so you could hear it. Compressors, it makes every little thing come out well, right? It's not an effect, it just makes everything intense. And so I was going like this with my fingers uh-huh. and Peter's like, Peter Tackern, you know, the producer, he's like, what the fuck is that? Okay. I was in the fish tank, you know, the glass yeah. booth. Yeah. Like this. He's like, you're shooting me. I'm like, no, check it out, man. That's like, I can, you can hear my fingertips. It was crazy. Fucking wacky, man. Yeah. So that, so that was a trip. It was a trip because I'm singing abandoned, right? And, you know, when you're in the booth, you're in the fish tank. You know, you think of the shit. Everybody's staring at me on, you know, the Mariara. Everybody just runs out of the room. I'm like, what the fuck? So I come <laughs> out, and I'm like, what am I chopped liver? They're like, you know who that was? I was like, who? They're like, that's Peter Stormer, the actor. I'm like, dude, that's my favorite actor, right? Oh, no shit. But, yeah, he was in the studio next door. So that's how I met me and Peter hooked up. And uh, and uh, we ended up shooting a, a documentary on, on my life and possessed everything like that. But it's interrupted from COVID, but it'll come out after the virus. I was going to say, because I never even heard about that. Like, how did I never hear about that? But it's not yeah. out. So. It's already done. We just got edited. Yeah. Really? Uh, is there a working title for it? Can you say that? Uh, with the, the thing we're doing is uh, uh, Jeff Becerra Possessed or whatever, or Death Metal or Creation. I, we don't know. There's only working. We just throw things around. We're going to have something eloquent by the time we're done. Yeah. It's not going to be so like, hooray for me. It's going to, like, I, I need to, I need to showcase my band. Cause like my band is fucking amazing. Like 
like 25 plus members later, I finally found the right group of guys. It's really difficult to work with people that are difficult to work with. Absolutely. I started thinking I was the difficult one, but but what it was is you just got to find, it's like being married to four ugly women. It really is. Like everybody's (laughs) got to get along. And and so like, there's always like, I, I always, until this band, there's always like one guy or a group of guys that didn't like the other guy. And they did, you know, they're all coming to me like, you need to tell them to do this. And it's just too much. Like, I'm like, hey, man, just come to work, shut the fuck up and go home. Right. But, but but I need more than that. And and so I, I just kept being really picky until I find this band. And now it's perfect. So I'm really happy with my guys. And, and like, 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 like from the first note, Daniel Gonzalez played and Clyde Kramer, they were by far the best people that ever played for Possessed and Emilio and Robert. And it's like, yeah, it gives you a lot more latitude, and uh, when you can create something, you don't have to like baby step people through it. Like you can throw an idea, and they can do it because they're fucking pros. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes and, it make life easier, man. Right? Yeah, I didn't cherry pick them either. I mean, these are people that are from the neighborhood. Like Emilio and Bobby grew up together, and they're just there's a lot of talented people out there, and they're all veterans too that deserve the chance and. I think that we all have kind of a similar mindset where it's not about, like I've had people come in and possess just expecting buckets of money and little work. And yeah. that, that's not how it works. You know, it's like, no, it's absolutely not how it works. You obviously have no idea how this, how the music industry in 2020 or 20, 2019, when you made the record, whatever, it's, it's, it's not like that. It's like, what do you there, think? You a- could be on, on, on private jets and tour buses and all this, you know, like, like really dude, like, Oh, that that, that does band. happen occasionally. That happens occasionally. And the police escorts. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, that's nice. Dude, though, we're, right? we're fucking huge in Paraguay, dude. We're like the Beatles, dude. It's crazy. Uh, Paraguay. Yeah, in Paraguay. I'm going to give you a shirt that says I'm huge in Paraguay. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, but yeah, generally it's like you've been playing underground clubs or whatever. But yeah, but uh, anyway, it was a long time coming and I finally found these guys. It's like everything was like the perfect storm, man. I'm really happy with Possessed. And it, and it sucks because if I didn't get old, like I could just keep going forever. I always feel like I'm starting out. Like it's my first day every day. And I just, I have a lot more to do, man. Like I'm totally not done yet. I just feel like, cause you know, I was sidelined for like 18 years. Yeah. And so, so I just feel like, fuck, I need to catch up. You know, like all yeah. these bands that used to open for us are way out in front now. And it's not a competition, but I'm just thinking like, you know, man, if, if, if Mike and Mike went left, and Larry, my whole band quit on me. Then where would be now? And I can't really kick myself about that. But then, right. um, hold on, let me yeah. shut the door. So. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, you you can't beat yourself up over certain things that you have no control over. So it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, it, it, I just it, it, I'm driven. That's all I'm saying. I'm driven. I'm eager for the next album. I just want to I want to put out as much fucking possible material before I'm dead. You know what I mean? And then. After I die, I want to get more famous. You know what I mean? Well, that's just how it works, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and why? Why? I don't know. Maybe I'm fucked up in the head or whatever, but people we like all me, are. Like, we all yeah. are in our own little way, dude. It's all right. It just, it's funny. If one person can't love you, it's like a bunch of people have to, or you just feel useless. So. <laughs> yeah. how, how much of a next record do you have written? Uh, it's pretty much done. I mean, Sick. I mean, Music wise, I still have to write all the lyrics, but I uh, I think I've sent like, like probably 60, 65 riffs over to Dan and Dan's got his stuff. 
Because what I do is I, I have this little Ibanez that runs on a battery. It's a three quarters. It's like a it's like my note taking guitar. So if I'm like sitting in bed, I just it's hanging on my bed. I pick it up, turn it on. I don't have to plug it in or anything. I just put it my iPhone and and email it to Dan. And so I'll just make these little blurts, you know, and and email them to Dan. And that's how we do it. And it's less pressure that way because if you try to write a song back to front, then it, it it's easier to be able to put it together like a jigsaw puzzle, you know, like. Yeah. Here's this riff, here's this riff, here's this riff. And then you can kind of mix them up and put them together. So Yeah, that's cool. It's mm-hmm. Technology is a crazy thing nowadays, right? It makes things oh. fucking... Definitely. You can't... I don't see how these bands spend like millions of dollars on an album. It's fucking hard to spend that much money because yeah. all you need is a good mic and a laptop nowadays. Yeah. And a nice room, you know? Yeah. Shit. So now... You guys, you guys break up after after from eighty seven to ninety. Am I right about that? Somewhere yeah. there. Yeah, eighty seven to yeah. Well, I got shot in ninety. So, so um, yeah. yeah do, we broke do, up do you, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I got no problem. I, like I, I've been in a wheelchair longer than I've been walking, so it's my normal. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know the whole story. I just all I basically know. Is that you were shot twice? Yeah, I got shot. I got and a and a robbery. Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of resisted, and so I should have just gave up the money. But how this um, all happened? Can you paint that picture for me? Because I, I well, yeah, I worked fucking thirteen hours. I was doing concrete construction, you know. Okay. And, uh, and so after work, I uh, had some drinks, and I was going to have some drinks. I stopped by a, a store to get a pack of camels. That's why I smoke cigarettes still. And uh, and I guess I flashed a hundred. I had like thirteen hundred bucks on me, and which was you know as a contractor that wasn't nothing. You know what I mean? Right. So, but I was I forgot where I was. I wasn't paying attention. You where know? was Even this? Grew- what neighborhood? What, what neighborhood? This was in this was in California. Yeah, it's in California. I, I'm not really at liberty to say because they're out now. You know, but I, yeah, you you but, told me that to keep your address on the wraps because they're out. Like Jesus yeah. fucking Christ. Yeah, I mean, like I don't want to shoot anybody. But, right. uh, but, uh, but, uh, okay. So, so I, long story short, I flashed a hundred, I guess they were in cahoots when I came out to guys in hoods, you know, uh, you know, like little ninja outfits were there. And one guy covered me from about 15 feet away with a 22 pistol. So he was like, um, he was like, uh, like here 15 feet away. So I couldn't run. And the other guy was right up in me, just jamming the fucking nine millimeter into me. Like, give me the fucking money. Give me the fucking money. And in my mind, I was thinking like, this is small. If I can get control of that gun, I can pop that guy and pop this guy. Yeah. And uh, it's not the first time I've had a gun pointed at me. I mean, like I said, we grew up in a hood. So, um, so, but, and I knew, you know, you got that feeling like you're just fucked. You know what I mean? So, like the way that they had done it, you could tell they'd done it before. And as it turned out, they had done it many times and killed people. So um, I... You know, I, I rolled the dice. I tried to struggle, but I got shot. So I got shot. The first guy put it in my chest like this and just pulled the trigger and it just broke through the ribs and missed the heart and stuck on the inside of the spine. And then the second guy, like a knee-jerk reaction, shot right after. But when I got shot here, I, I was looking at the gun pointing at my head. I put my hand up and it clicked my finger off backwards. See, like, see how it's, they, they bolted it back on. With a big bolt, so it went boom, and my fingers hang out backwards, and my ears were ringing, 
it's just like squirting blood out. And I just kind of fucking dropped like a sack of potatoes. And they fucking came up, the one guy with the 90. Luckily, criminals don't clean their guns because he's trying to shoot at my head, slapping the side, and it fucking jammed. And the other guy was just like, just fucking freaking out. And then they took off running and, and his gun on jam, and they were shooting over their back like this. So bullets were like, two, 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 two all around me. I was like, fuck. And then so when they were gone, I looked around and I just kind of scooted under this, this Volvo and kind of hid there until um, some little girl came by and I was like, hey, and she's like startled, you know, like this, I think she was coming to see what's going on. And I was like, um, hey, man, you know, call 911. She's like, I can't, you know. And, uh, you know, I live here. And I was like, I'll give you 10 bucks because they didn't get the money. Right. And uh, and so she was like, 10 bucks. So I, I reached in, handed her a, a bloody $10 bill. And like, phew, God, like 45 minutes later, this rookie red-eyed cop couldn't have been more than like early 20s, like 23. I'm skidding up. It's like the first time I was ever happy to see the cop. Wow. And uh, he's like, Fuck, it's my first solo night. And it's like calling out and she's like, oh yeah, yeah. And like, so I was safe then. Those dudes, you know, those dudes down in the city, like those cops don't fuck around, you know. So he's got his gun out watching my back. And we waited another 20 minutes for the ambulance and I went to uh the trauma center and spent so, by the time, so when she called 911 from that time to when you got picked up was like an hour. Yeah, it's around 40, about 65 minutes, I'm guessing. Jesus Christ. You were just laying on the ground next to a Volvo for an hour? Yeah. I was. I, I used my hand like a tourniquet to um, stop that because it was squirting out like mine and python. And uh, this one was like, smelled like steak. It's a big hole. And um, yeah, so then I, I went into the hospital and uh, and I guess they just kind of like patched me up as good as they could and kind of left me in the hallway. They didn't know if I was going to die or not. And I woke up like a day, day and a half later and a nurse was talking by. I was like, nurse. And she's like, eh. and I was like, hey man, fix my finger. And I was like, I got you out and fix my finger. She's like, oh, we want to see if you lift or not. So I was oh like, well, God. I'm not dead. Fix my, fix my finger, right? So that was the beginning of that, you know, and I had to stay a bunch and go through all this rehab and learn how to take care of myself. They said I'd never feed myself again, you know, but that's all bullshit because I think what they do is they, they shoot low so everything feels like a victory, but it's a yeah. smart, it's smart logic, you know. Shit. So when you woke up, is is that when you realized, and that's when they told you that that you're paralyzed? Oh no, I knew right away. In fact, in my fucking mind, like I was like, "Fuck, I'm paralyzed," right? I was like, but I, I felt my neck. I was like, they didn't hit my heart, and it's stupid. I was so arrogant there. I was like, I'm paralyzed, but I'm fucking Jefferson. I can get through this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, I, you know, you're young, you feel invincible, and it's pretty hard to fucking die. I mean, it's either really easy or really hard. So. Yeah. Jesus mm -hmm. Christ. And then did, did they get caught because of your incident, or did they get caught because of something else they did, and they were stupid once again? What they, they tracked, they had really good, it's really hard to get away with um, murder in the area or the, around Frisco, because... Uh, they have great detectives and he tracked them down five, five hours or so later and they still have the guns. And oh, so, shit. Okay. Yeah. So. And they recently just got out because of all this? Oh, no. I mean, this was like fucking so many years ago. I think one got out and he like killed another guy and then went back in and, and I forget, I didn't really follow him. Like, I don't really give a fuck about them. Like, I don't hate them or anything. Like, 
Absolutely not. I, no, I mean, it's like, like, I can totally understand that kind of fucking hopelessness and like generational fucking, you know, poverty and oppression, you know? So, and, you know, because we grew up around that shit. Some people are, we used to hang out with criminals all the time. You know, it's fucking no biggie. We used to think it's cool. Now, now I don't have uh, that kind of guts. Like, I'm a dad now and I've been in college and everything. Right? But when you're a young man, you know, you're living that kind of sure. life, you know, and it's screw, you're fucking a lot more crazy, you know. So. Hey, a wild kid. I mean, we were all wild, man. I mean, I had I yeah. had my I mean, fucking run too. Yeah. yeah. But, well, I was never people. really a criminal, but just just wild and just doing stupid, crazy shit and finding myself in 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 positions where like I very, very, very easily could have gotten shot and killed. Like I would yeah, be, definitely. you know, in like 1993, it's like the only white boy in Harlem going to like a burnt out building. And, and, and it's like New Jack city. Like there's guys up on the roof with walkie talkies telling the shit, side who's coming in. And then there's me solo thinking I'm invincible you know, getting off of the A train and getting off at 116th and Lenox Avenue and walking to a building to go buy drugs and, and the elevator doesn't work, but you have to go up the staircase and it's the fourth floor and all the way down the hall and you have yeah. to knock on a door and, and it's like, oh, well, the, the lights really don't work in, in this burnt out <laughs> building, you know, and there I am just, you know, 19 year old idiot thinking, you know, whatever. And, you know, I got backed up a hallway and a gun pulled on me. They thought I was a cop, but somehow or another, it's like, was it what I said or was it just their mood or was it pure luck that I was just able like to talk my way out and, and walk past them without an issue? Could be, could be a lot of things, but yeah. right there, right then and there, I could have been shot dead in a staircase. Yeah, yeah, and that, yeah I, and I totally can relate with that. I can tell you know because you know, like you know, I quit drugs now, but you know, like back back then, I mean, back well, then, ironically enough, I had cleaned up and I was working, so I was trying to get my life together. And it's weird. It's like it's like it's like it's like that curse. Like you try to get out of it, and then something brings you back in. You know, and yeah. so it was very difficult, especially after I got shot to get out of the drug. Seeing like, uh, in fact, uh, five years after I got shot, I essentially just just dove full balls into the drug culture and yeah. basically trying to kill myself with drugs and alcohol. You know, you know, hanging out with prostitutes and bikers and drug addicts and fucking second story men. And that five years, I call them the dark years. I did a bunch of writing and, and I wrote a bunch of uh, and but I was just fucked up. I was reading like a lot of the Bible when that didn't work. I was reading a lot of fucking satanic shit and. And I realized it's all bullshit. <laughs> then, yeah. then, but it, but I still go in for like that that kind of mysticism and stuff. But but I, I don't know. I'm what I'm always trying to take is lyrics out of it. You know, I mean that's yeah. my because you know when all that crazy shit happens, like it's good material for metal actually. Absolutely, so. it is. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds, it's really good fucking material. But it is. Happens. It is. And like you can't write about fucking flowers. And, and to me, it's like. It almost has to be method, like possess the writing process. It's always really like almost painful. It's like it's really method, and I, I want to pull like something real up and 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 something real and make it tangible. And so I, I think that's what art it is. Say, it's saying that on the new record, you're not going to have a song about planting tulips. No, no, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, you're not going to hear me sing about sex, not not in a traditional sense. Or right. uh, you're going to you're going to see stuff like, uh, well, whenever I talk about Satan, I'm I'm generally talking about the duality of man, good and evil. You know, yes. and because uh, I think it is a, a a good metaphor for there are good and bad people. You know, I'd like to think that I'd like to think that people are innately good, and that that there is no really evil people. There's just a lack of goodness in those people. You know what I mean? Right. So we all have that in us, but depending on how you're raised or how your brain's wired, you could be absent of that good. You know, and so there's only that other half left. Right. And so, um, and, and I like kind of. I think it's it's fun to explore the own mind, your own mind, and and like if you've done drugs, you've been everywhere through your brain. You're a fucking traveler. And so it's kind of um, it's like I'm not condoning drug use by any means. No, exactly. absolutely not. I have kids now, but you know, like I say, it's that that's me, and I, I like to make it real. And you know, um, you know, so I, I like to make something. I don't want to have something like that means nothing. You know, lyrics like like I don't really go into like I don't I don't I don't hate joke metal bands or the kind of they make fun of like comedians. They're fun, but with me, I like to sing about more serious topics. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, especially with your band, like. I think people would kind of raise an eyebrow if you came out with like some sort of a weird song about like sex or girls or something like, like what, what are they doing here? You know, it's just, uh, I just wrong. got in trouble with that. I got in trouble with that. Well, not trouble, but I, usually people are really like, cause I'm on Instagram, always trying to, you know, and, and I got a really pretty model, a blonde girl from Spain who's a professional model to, to wear a possession and said, you know, get your merch at, you know, valuemerch.com. And, and people were like, um, Mostly the guys and, and a few of the um, younger girls were like, oh, my God, just get her up there. That's not metal. I'm like, since when did hot chicks and banters not be metal, man? Like, but, but I mean, it, it's, a, it's a tool like everything else. You're trying to sell merch to support your craft because especially now. And, and I have one guy, he's like, well, you need to um, like, he has like 110 followers. His band is terrible. The drummer doesn't know the parts. They can't play. They're like late uh, mid 30s and he's like i want you to storyboard my band i was like you know that this is a business site and uh you know and i do i do do a lot of fun stuff and, I, and i'll promote any band if i like them but but his thing was like oh you need to do it because if you don't then you're just posting that girl because she has tits and doesn't do any work and me who's a real hustler you're not real metal and i'm like Listen, that guy man. is an asshole. <laughs> I was like, listen, this girl, just I know. Jerk off. You, I was like, you think she wakes up and looks that beautiful? Like she puts fucking work in. Like that's her job. She's a model, right? Yeah. I said, that girl probably outworks me and you put together. Like she's literally at work and you're clowning on her, right? Talking shit on the internet. And so I said, I, I said, no, I'm not a storyboarder thing. And he was like really offended. You know, like he, he feels like, like you know, like I but owe him something. You, like you don't owe this kid that you have no idea. We, you don't owe him nothing. Well, like I told him, I said, "Listen, that's not how you go about it. Like everybody can play, everybody can produce, everybody can engineer. Everybody's a businessman. If you don't know how to talk to people and how to act and how to treat people, first of all, you know, I don't like you. I don't like what you're saying. Go yeah. fuck yourself. You know, because exactly. he's missing. He's missing it. You know, you can't just disrespect people because you want what they have. You know." Yeah. And, 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 and that's one thing about this whole social media thing. It's like, it's like, listen, I'm all about free speech and shit, but sometimes I have to take a step back. It's like certain people shouldn't have access to, 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 to contact people. 
You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. come on, man. Like, I need you yeah. coming into my inbox with your nonsense. Like, who are yeah. you and why are you talking to me like that? And I, like, yeah. like this sense of entitlement, like I owe you something because you yeah. breathe. Beat it, man. I, I, I can't take none of that shit. Well, I mean, I mean, like the the you know the guy can't even his band's not tight, you know, but yet he expects to. I'm like, you know, this is a real job, man. You got to take your job seriously. Of course, man. Like anything else, and dude, we're, like we were saying, you've been doing this shit since you're 11. Like you 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 paid your fucking dues, yeah, in every sense of the word, and you're still going. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I feel like I'm just starting out. I can't. That's I want crazy, to think, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so how long have you been doing this podcast? You said you have two hundred and this. Well, I have this is your episode two hundred and three. Shit. Um, I have about thirty five or so, give or take a couple. I just call them like bonus, like mini episodes, uh-huh. which they could range anywhere from five minutes to like forty minutes. Oh, those bites are good though. I mean, that's that's probably good good for. Uh, well, yeah, it's like whenever whenever I would do one, I haven't really been doing it too much lately. But um, I used to go to like to like a lot of horror conventions and stuff like that, and I would ask like like some random like like uh, who like who I don't know. There was there was, there's several people like you know who Harry Manfredini is. Uh, he's he's the, he, he did the score for. Like the the famous score for like Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Man, he's, he's a legendary dude. And, I knew I recognized that. And he was and he was um at a horror convention that I always go to. Oh, cool. Super nice, super nice guy. What's up, man? And he started making fun of my Brooklyn accent, so we clicked. It was a super legendary guy. I grew up on all those horror movies and stuff. And I was like, Yo, would you mind? You know, right into my phone. You know, just. A few minutes of your time, no time limit, whatever you want. You want to give me five minutes, you want to give me 20 minutes, whatever you want. And we just bullshit for a few minutes. And like a snippet here and there. So I wound up doing like 30-something of them with all different kinds of people. And um, I would just drop those in between episodes from time to time. So I have like 35 of those somewhere around there and 203 full-length episodes, which I put them out one once every fr- every once a week every friday at noon so so if you're like me you're essentially just doing what you'd be doing anyway and yeah. and in the process of having fun and living your life you gain yeah. traction and 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 it gets you somewhere like so yeah so, I, yeah, so you, I, I, yeah i do what i want this is what i do i just i bullshit and that's it i have no expectations i didn't even expect me to, to do 10 episodes because this was done, th- this was started because I wanted to promote a metal show, a metal and hardcore show that was going to happen about three years ago that never happened. So me and a couple of guys were like, let's start a podcast just to promote this thing. That's and cool. That thing never happened, but we continued the podcast for the first maybe 30 episodes. It's me and two other people. And then from 30-something to episode 50, it's me and one other person. And then from episode 50 all the way until now, it's just me. That's that's cool, man. I mean, it, it, it's, it, that's awesome, man. And, you know, it's a trick because it's like symbiotic, man. We need you. You, you, you need people to, you know, talk about. And it just, it's like, it's, it's like you can't think about it like, um, like it's, I never understood like that guy, he just, 
expect he thinks that that people just owe each other something or yeah it's not like it's not like that at all is it so so not and and you know really cool it's like only like 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 the like a lot of like the the metal guys that i've been having like i grew up listening to like for instance like i hit up sean killian oh cool you know i hit him up and Sometimes like I'll message somebody and they have so many followers or whatever, and it just never gets read or whatever. And that's fine. And sometimes yeah, like, oh, I'll get back to you. That's fine. But I hit up Sean Killian and he's like, sure, man. And then I got him on here and I'm like, dude, like, thank you so much for doing this because my 15 year old inner self was going crazy. talking nice. with guy, You know, and I'd, I'd be first to admit, like, I'm a fan of this shit. And he was like, yeah, of course. He's like, He's like, you hit me up and I'm going to say no because you want to help promote my band. Yeah. Or like, like right, because- right there. It's like, to me, that dude is a legend because those <laughs> records and that's a huge part of my childhood. And yeah. that guy was like an honor for me. And he was just like, he reversed it. He was like, what, you're going to help me promote my band? I'm like, that's insane to me. You know? Yeah. So I It's cool to see though, at the end, like, at the end of the day, like I met so many super famous people. And then, you know, like you say, the 15 year old kid or stuff, it hits you like, man, we're all just normal people. Yeah. Right? And it's cool. It's cool to see people as people. And, you know, be, besides what the media hypes you up to be, you know, and, yeah. and like you meet people and you're just like, wow, like that, that's actually really refreshing. You know, yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think, I think there's something to be said for the people that seem to always make it in the industry are the people that are normal, like you and me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like they're not fucking assholes, you know? Right. There are certain assholes that have made it, of but there's not many. I mean, right. it's significantly less as your, and that's not why I'm not an asshole. It's just, I, I, I don't know. It's just, it's cool to see that the people that deserve it usually get it. Yeah, it's very fucking cool. And it's like, like James Hetfield is fucking smart, dude. He's hella cool. Like, yeah. like he'll, he'll, he'll like, usually he'll tell jokes at somebody else's expense. Uh-huh. But even though he's fucking with you, it feels like he's saying, like, you know, I love you, man. You know, it's like he's got a weird twist on things, you know, but he's super smart. All the Metallica guys are super smart. All, all the, you know, all the all the people I've met over the years, I I just, I really, really, I've met some really, really wonderful people, man. And I think that's why I got into it, basically, because, you know. It's, I like talking about metal and, and hanging out, you know. So yeah, same here, man. Like like and playing, I don't make yeah. I don't make any money off of this. I have a few sponsors, but it's not even a monetary thing. They'll help me out here and there. It's kind of like a cross promotion thing. I have no yeah. expectations. I do this shit because I enjoy it. And like the flyers, like the flyer I made of you and stuff like all the fly I do all of that myself. I enjoy oh. you hear my dogs? Yeah, but it's okay. So what? This is Gorilla Podcast in Japanese. My chair squeaking. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's fine, dude. So these uh, little shits. They're like they, they sound like they're little ankle, you know, little ankle biters. They do. They bite strangers too. They're little Good. bastards. Good. Good. They yeah. they should bite strangers. Yeah. But but yeah, you know. So like like I said, like I have a couple of sponsors, but it's really it's not monetary. I don't make any money. Not yet. No, there's. There's always that carrot and stick, though. You think that one day it could happen. It and could. And, and that's I, the drive of it, though. Yeah, because I, it, I've said it. I've said it from the beginning, and I still say it now. Mm-hmm. It's it, if if I never make a dime, that's fine. And if I do, great. You know what I mean? I just know that I, I have a regular, real job. You know, I have a job. 
this is something that I do because I just genuinely enjoy it. And it's cool. that's good enough for me, man. You know, I, I, I get into my own head and I do these flyers and it's like, I enjoy all doing that. So all every aspect of this thing, I enjoy it. That's really the main reason why I do it. Because if, because you, if, I was you, you know, money, if I was in the yeah. money, I would have been done a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, money doesn't make you happy, man. No. It doesn't. It's good for food and shit, you know? Yeah, but, <laughs> but it doesn't, it's not going to make you happy. It, no. you know, it, it's not. I mean, like, no. literally living your life will make you happy. Like, Absolutely. if you're waiting for 5 o'clock to hit every day, that's not living, man. No. Like, whatever you're doing, you got to get into it and live your life because that's all you got, man. When it's done, it's done. Yeah, and time yeah. is going like this, man. Time flies. It's crazy. It is t- it's like, it's like I always say, like, life is like a, a roll of toilet paper. The, the, the closer you get to the end, the faster it goes, you know? You're damn right. That's a great analogy, too. Yeah. It's true. It's absolutely yeah. fucking true. Yeah, yeah. No. Do you find yourself, like, forgetting shit as you get older? Like, like I forget where I put shit, and I... So, with, with certain things, like, like it's weird. Um, like, <laughs> I remember certain things from 30 years ago vividly, yeah. like, happened yesterday, but I can't tell you what I ate for lunch yesterday. <laughs> You know, like lunch yesterday, I'm not sure. I really had to think about it. But you asked me about that time when we were at CBGB's and yeah, yeah. played. I can tell you exactly who I was with, what song played before the band, what I was drinking that night, how we got home, if we got home. I, I can tell you <laughs> all of that stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Lunch or breakfast yesterday, eh, it would be more like guesswork. You know? It's a trip. Well, I mean, I, kind of that's how the brain is, though. It dumps what it doesn't need and... And you know, that cranial capacity, you can only hold so much. So if it held everything, then, you know, it holds the important things. You know? Yeah. The things yeah. that shape and make you who you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. you, you never, you could, like, no one remembers every single day of their life, but there's these certain points, whether it's mm-hmm. irrelevant or not. And if you, like, there's certain things, I don't know why I would remember certain things, but there's little weird things that stick out from when I was like seven. They have no yeah. impact on my life, but I remember certain things and it's weird how it works. But, but no, like, somebody was telling me the other day, it's like, I know I bumped my head quite a few times, yeah. but I only remember like the really bad ones. Of course. <laughs> because it causes, it causes brain damage. So you forget when you bump your head. Right. <laughs> yeah. The trip. Uh, like I remember when I split my head open in a car wreck, but I don't remember all the hundreds of times I bumped it on like a cabinet or anything. Of like course that. not. No. <laughs> you remember the ones that leave a real mark? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's fucking funny. Do you mind if I throw out a couple my sponsors real quick? Go for it. Um, well, you said that you had to before you had to get your coffee, and I have a coffee company who is a sponsor. Nice. They're called Dead Sled Coffee. Um, D E A D S L E D Coffee. Follow them on Instagram at Dead Sled Coffee. And if you go to deadsledcoffee.com and you type in the promo code Brooklyn Blast, you will get 15, 15% off your order. And any order over $40 is free shipping within the US. And what's really cool is that they do, they have everything from like cold brew to flavored coffee to espresso blends to mild blends, breakfast blends, all that tea, green tea, all that. But what's cool is that they do. There's like, um, they incorporate like the classic universal monsters. Like they have a Bella Lugosi blend. They have a Vampira blend. They have a Vincent Price blend. They signed a, a thing. They, 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 uh, 
they're doing a, a, an exclusive thing with Robin Englund with Freddy Krueger. It's called. Oh, uh, cool! It's like a stay awake type thing. Um, they just, yeah, um, they just announced. I don't know when it's coming out, but actually today on their Instagram, I saw it. They're doing something with Bill Mosley from. Oh, cool! Yeah, I was like, no way, that's awesome. Um, so they do like a lot of really cool things like that, and they have great coffee. It's just it's just a coffee company that's not all foo foo like it or whatever, but they do like horror shit, and they've done things with bands, and they're just a great company. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Play I have coffee. My- I have my Keurig and I also have a press yeah. and I have like an old espresso machine and I have a new espresso machine. So. And they just came out um, because they they just had like, they would have whole bean and they would have obviously, you know, uh, you know, the grinds, but they just came out with, they have K cups for your Keurig machine and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to be on there right after this and order. Oh, it's definitely yeah, coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was cool is that I did an episode with Ivan Dupron, the drummer from the old drummer from White Zombie. Oh, cool! And he ordered from them, and the, and the owner was like, "Yo, I can't believe that fucking <laughs> White Zombie ordered my coffee." It's all awesome. very cool. They're fans of the music too. So Rob Zombie's on on my label, uh, Nuclear Bus. So. That's awesome. See that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now um, I have another sponsor. Um, they're one of the last on the block. They're a record store, Generation Records. Nice. Uh, they've been around since 92. They survived this whole pandemic thing so far, which I'm happy. You know, um, they're Generation Records on Instagram. And if you if you go to generationrecords.bigcartel.com, you can order stuff off of their, you know, off their website and whatever. But if you're in God the- for Big Cartel, huh? Yes. Big yes. Cartel is like, whew, like they're awesome. Yeah. And, but if you're in the New York City area, they're located at 210 Thompson Street in the West Village. And they've been there since 92. Two floors downstairs. It's all shirts, merch, band shirts. That sounds and, awesome. Uh, upstairs, vinyl everywhere. It's books. I mean, it's it's a great store. And I've been going there since 1992. You know what I mean? Next time I'm out there, we should go check it out. But, dude, yeah. let me know. We, I have your phone number. So let yeah, me definitely. know. When you when the next time you're in New York and we'll we'll go have some nice New York pizza on me. All right, cool, man. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I'll take last, you on that. Last but not least, my my last uh, sponsor is New Republic Printing, screen printing, embroidery. They 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 screen printed. They did the shirt that I sent you. Um, nice. Screen printing, embroidery. They do vinyl stickers and buttons. Um, New Republic Printing on Instagram and newrepublicprinting.net. And what's awesome about them is it almost, I don't even know how Steve makes money, but they've been in business for like 15 years. Um, there's no setup fees. There is no screen fees. And if you have your order shipped to any commercial address, it's free UPS ground shipping. Damn. I'm going to have to check them out. I'll have to hit you up on that later. New Republic printing. I'll send you the, the guy is on Facebook. Um, I, you might be full though. I think I sent you a request on Facebook, but you might be full at five thousand. Yeah, what do you do on Instagram? I'm full. I'm, I think I'm full, but I yeah. mean, we still have Messenger, but I hardly ever check Facebook anymore. I don't blame you, but I'll send you a screenshot. I'll tell you who he is. His name is Steve McCarthy on Facebook, but I'll send nice. you information. He'll take care of you, dude. I've been. Oh, yeah, I, I'm always print. I'm always printing shirts. So yeah, I, I I've used them. My girlfriend has used them even before I started the podcast. So I've used them in 2006 for this old clothing line I used to have. So all these people that I have as a sponsor, 
I've used before the podcast. So I'm not saying this because they're a sponsor. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, like I said, we're going to tour with print 2000 shirts, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'll definitely, he'll, he'll definitely, Steve is a great guy and he'll hook you up. And he's an old school punk rock metal guy. So nice. all these people that I deal with are all like like-minded people. Nice. Yeah, man. Hardcore. Yes. Or, I mean, come on, Brooklyn in, in, in New York uh, area, the East Coast, is definitely like one of the hardest birthplaces of hardcore for sure. And, oh, and like metal, there's a there's a there's a New York and a very like a very like se- there's different segments throughout the East Coast of different kinds of hardcore. Absolutely. Just like you know, in the states, we had like suicidal and you know uh, you know. So, but it's how, how regional like hardcore metal could be. It's yeah. it's amazing, like like um, the spin that um, the the East Coast puts on all kinds of music is crazy good. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. And and I, who was I speaking to? I was speaking to Craig LaCicero from Forbidden. Oh yeah, he's cool. Huh? Yeah, great guy. And and I was telling him. I was just like, I think actually I just spilled the beans. I think he gets released right after you, but whatever. Um, yeah. What uh, do you know about the beans, man? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, but I, I was telling him, I was, you know. See, like, that's where we should have done the coffee segue right there. <laughs> we said, but what do you know about the beans now? Well, I do know about, no, just, that could have been flawless, man. Right, yeah. shit. Yeah. No, whatever, but I was talking yeah. to him and I was like, being from the Northeast, born and raised, there was always something like once I discovered, you know, obviously there was no internet and stuff like that. But once I discovered that whole Bay Area thrash scene, like I was drawn to that shit big time. And oh, I'm yeah. listening to all you guys, even though I'm on the other side of the country. You know what I mean? So it's just weird how everything is. I don't know. It was just I always felt like it was very grimy and dirty and raw that happened down, you know, in the whole Bay Area. So it's a whole different scene. But of course, I got, um, you know, very early in the game, you know, we were playing with, you know, Danny Lilker and, and uh, you know, Billy Milano's and, you know, and, and we, we love to see out there, man. And they always seem like, like the New York guys were always like, they had like that kind of tough, that East Coast thing. And yeah. we're always kind of like, we're just fucking nutballs. So, I mean, we're like a lot crazier, probably, probably a lot more juvenile, you know, and, yeah. and drugged up. But but we used to literally just play for gas and beer and stuff. And yeah. I remember um we were I was really hungry. We were playing at CBGB's and I think I had some like Kool-Aid and no sugar and and Danny Lilliker bought me a fat slice of pizza and some sugar and we decided on the curb or leaning against the wall on the sidewalk eating pizza. And it's still like probably the best meal I've ever had in my life because I was yeah. fucking starving. Yeah. So I don't think he remembered it. I seen him when we played at Mexico. He was, I think he was just talking about like I don't got money to drink. I was like, here's hundred bucks. Like I was all fucked up. Right. Like because I owe you for that pizza. And he's like, what? Really? Okay. Like, yeah, that, like that's great though, man. That's awesome. You see, and it was a, yeah. a slice of pizza and some Kool Aid, but it was one of the greatest meals you ever had. I and never forgot that. Gosh. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of good times with um. That you're playing Lemours and um that was my that was like my club man that was the first the first club that I ever went but it was the first show I ever went to was at Lemours. Yeah I think there's a kind of a famous marquee where they they spell possessed with the one S 
in the beginning. It's got Megadeth and Ace Freebie on the marquee at the Mars. And, yeah, probably. And, and we were just talking about them. We played there, and uh, after our set, Rick Rubin came in with Slayer, and Slayer was like pretty drunk. And they were, <laughs> but, but you know, weren't we all? I mean, right. and, which was like kind of, but they had just came out of the studio, they were celebrating. And Rick said, hey, hey, can Slayer use your equipment? You know, they want to unplay this new song, Jesus Saves, for the first time ever live on stage. Sick. And I remember, I remember Mike, my guitarist, was like, no, they're trying to start Thunder. We're the, we're the headliners. So I beelined over and said, here's how you work it. And, you know, loaning the yeah. equipment. And uh, so if you look at Murder in the Front Row, the first time that Slayer played Jesus Saves, Tom is playing my Black Destroyer, and it's fucking cool. It's like, that's it's like, it's like legendary shit, man. Slayer can play drunk, by the way. Like they're one of those bands that can fucking play since it's good drunk. It's not. Yeah. But uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah. But it was like a party back then. It was really super fun. And I remember hanging out with Paul Diano out there in the Hotel Iroquois. You know what that's at? I do not. It, it's a uh, yeah. Me and Paul and going bar hopping with Paul Diano from from our the first time made. And uh, that's crazy. Yeah, and my girlfriend was from uh, Jersey for like nine years. No shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah Tony. How many times did you play Lamores? Oh, I don't know. A few. A few. At least two. At least two. Yeah. I, I think probably two or three. Always but had I a think, good reception. That was such a great club, man. It was. It was, it was super good. Like, like the the reception was amazing. Actually, I mean, like, uh, that was fucking crazy good. You know. Yeah, man. I was sold out. How'd CB's treat you? CB's was great. Like CB's that is little like fucking rat's nest, little hole in the wall. I said, like the famous CBGBs. We got there. I was like, man, this, it's like a kind of a bent, you know? Like yeah, you walk, like, yeah. You, when you walk in, the stage isn't even even. The stage is on uh, the plan. There's a little all, bird's nest up here. It's tiny. Yeah, and I remember going. Up there, I said, can I get a beer? And they're like. We got two rolling rocks for a dollar. It's like, what the fuck is a rolling rock? They're like, it's a beer, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, fuck that. Give me two rolling rocks, man. Two so, for a buck. Fuck yeah. yeah. Yeah, two for a buck. I, was like, I don't know what the fuck a rolling rock is, but two for a buck, I'm in. Yeah. And, the other green bottle besides Heineken or Bex. Yeah. But but it, it's like a little shithole, but I loved it. It was like Ruthie's. It was Great. Ruthie's was RCBGB's. It's like a little shithole, right? But it's was, Ruthie's that, was Ruthie's really that small? Because I know that Ruthie's is a legendary club over there. But is it? It was is, like 150 capacity, probably uh, on a good day. But we'd pack in 700. You know, really? Like, it was that small. It, it was small and had concrete, sticky ass floors and broken toilets, and it, it was bad. Like it was not not. It was an old jazz club, uh-huh. but then it got turned into a metal club. But and they'd serve to minors or whatever. Oh, uh, like it was crazy. Like you'd see, like people like passed out in the alley next to it, and like you know, it was, on the, it was not a good neighborhood. It was like a shithole. It really was, but it was our shithole. You know? Oh yeah, just like CBGB's was nice. Skid Row back then, it was a shithole. CBGB's was nicer. I think CBGB's was nicer. Yeah. And Ruthie's really. Yeah, the stage was about this tall. Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. And we played there with like Slayer and fucking Metallica and Exodus. Like everybody who is somebody had to play CBGBs, right? And um, and um, you know, I remember some of the bigger bands would come there, 
and be like, fuck this shit, oh, and just take off. We'd be so offended, right? But then we we get like Armored Saint there. We get like Raven. What was Raven there? I think oh, we get Probably. everybody though. King Diamond. King Diamond played there. Like early. Played play Ruthies? Uh huh. With Blizzard. Yep. Um, and um, and uh, Possessed Blizzard. Oh, that was an Merciful Fate. Wow. Yeah, there were some doozies of shows. I remember one um, because it used to be that that LA and and the West Coast we never fucking we hated each other, right? Like because because in my mind in our mind that's where the poser bands came from with the hair the poodle dudes sure, and yeah, the whole LA Sunset Strip scene, of course. Yeah, all those those fucking bands, like ugh. you know, <laughs> it's like that and grunge. I never really got into, but I guess. I don't hate grunge like I hated those bands. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, there were no posers allowed. And uh but but then I remember um Metallica came down from Southern California that kind of loosened things up. Yeah. And then I remember Gary Holt was like, Jeff, Jeff, you gotta check out this band. They're called Slayer, they're from LA. Like I know that's fucking LA land of the posers, but these guys are the real deal, man. They got fucking upside down crosses and spikes and pentagons. And I was like, well, you know, you had me at just tell me to be there on Saturday. You know, it's Gary Holt. So, because we were always worshiping at the altar of Holtz. Like every weekend, we were fucking just, I remember just being up there watching Gary fucking solo and Exodus do their thing and just being like, Paul Bailoff at the time, too. Yeah, me and Paul were buds, man. And they were, it was fucking awesome. And Rick and Rob and it just, they were the fucking band. They were like, to us, it was, you know, Exodus was the band, you know, and then Metallica was a very close second, you know. But then, you know, of course, Metallica blew up, and it was just weird to see our friends get famous, man. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. especially Metallica, like they were. I mean, they're all such nice guys. Like I, like Kurt, literally lived right on the corner from me in Sherwood Forest, and also Brandy. So I'd ride my skateboard over there, and but I forget what I was saying. But um, nah, we're just bullshitting about bands and and Ruthie's in, man. But Ruthie's Inn was like a staple. Like I, I used to fucking run away from home or just not just not go home or do anything I could so I could get there every weekend. Ride my skateboard, my bike, or take a bus or hitchhike. Or I just had to get there every time. So wow, yeah. I mean, that's why I like that that movie Murder in the Front Row. You can kind of see what it was about. Yeah. But for me though, it's like it's like a it's like a time machine. I look at it, I was like, wow, that's, I remember it. It's like, it was so cool. Yeah, you know? It's a great documentary. People that are listening and watching, if you haven't seen Murder in the Front Row, man, it's incredible. Yeah. That was Brian Liu and Harold O. Flamer, which was our photographer. Like he went on the road with us with Slayer, the first two tours. And, and uh, Harold took a bunch of pictures and um, they made a book out of it. And then the book turned into a movie. So. I never read the book though. I'll admit it. I never read the book. Yeah, I mean, I never read it. I looked at the pictures. So yeah, I have it. Yeah, yeah. I think I have to get it, and I'll look at the pictures as well. <laughs> I lived. I lived it. I already know it happened. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. You lived that shit. It's awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's a true. Although they never mentioned me, like the like well, in I, that book. You know I noticed that because I watched it like three or four nights ago, and I they show tons of pictures of me, and they do mention Debbie and Possessed, you know, the yeah. Satanic band, but they never mentioned me. They got Larry to talk to him because. Yeah. I guess what happened is when they sold the licensing rights, they wanted to get all the big star power. And I'm still fucking Joe Underground. So, but I don't mind it. Like, uh, like I said, and they should have had you on there. That's bullshit. And then what, one thing is um, that's a funny uh, if you if you recognize it. Besides um, Tom holding my bass and that kind of cool stuff, they show us you know a bunch of pictures of me and, and the guys, and then they say 
Nobody in the movie, nobody had ever seen the likes of Slayer. And they show a picture of me. <laughs> me, me on my trail. Like they were like, there was nobody like Slayer. And they show up in the ass. I was like, ah. Like, guys, you can tell that they kind of lost control of that. So, but but I guess I'm Slayer now. Yeah. No. Fuck it. He used yeah. He used his shit the first time he'd ever played Jesus Saves Live. And it's funny because Carrie's, Carrie's like, you don't need to know my name. Everybody knows my name. Yeah, you know, I don't right? need to introduce myself. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what an asshole. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's funny because it's true. It is. First of all. Yeah. Yeah, he says something like, the people that are watching this, like, I don't have to introduce myself. I know, but then they confuse say, but it's the truth. But then later on, they confuse us. Nobody had ever seen Alexa Slayer and they show yeah. us. Yeah, it's like, Damn it. Maybe you should have introduced yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Tell them to that fucking tattoo and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, I probably shouldn't say this. And, you know, I love Tom. I love all the Slayer guys. I fucking have nothing but, you know, I love Gary. But I remember um, we, were, we were playing, um, and I'm not taking a dig. It's just kind of a funny thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're anyone, I think at this point, everyone realizes that you're not digging at anybody. Yeah, when you, you know, when you're stoned, you look at things completely different, right? Absolutely. So. So me and Felix, the drummer for DRI, were up in the nosebleeds watching Slayer play after our set. And uh, and and Felix, like, I, we were smoking a bowl. And, and he, Felix leans over, he passes the bowl, he's like, hey, it's, it's, he's like super serious, right? So he said, me or, or just like, Tom Araya look like some sort of like pre-Mesopotamian caveman. Though he's hunched over his base. And I was like, dude, you're right. I you're never right. noticed that. But but then of course the next day you were like oh fuck we're fucking stoned like but but it just made so much sense like man see a caveman no might might be right now who knows or or one time there was this band called the Screaming Veggies and and we used to hang out with them we were in LA I think it's like his first time in LA and we're we're going down there's the palm trees you know that go on the east side of like Ventura Boulevard and and we're smoking a joint and Dan Dan's like hey Jeff do you think these palm trees grew here naturally, or do you think somebody planted them? I'm like, yeah, damn, they just grew like every fucking on the side of on the straight line on the side of the freeway. It's like, I guess you're right. Although they could have been everywhere, and they just let cut the rest of them down. Oh my god! <laughs> but he has a point. <laughs> or, or then there was this one girl that like thought that Mount Rushmore was created by lightning. <laughs> Oh, she's not too bright, huh? <laughs> those stoner moments, or, or um, I, I love those 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 faux pas where normally smart people was the, the stupidest shit, you know? Oh, like, without uh, doubt. Like uh, there's this girl we're in junior college, or no, in San Francisco State. She she's like a really bookwormy, quiet, like virgin esque type bookwormy young girl, yeah. and they were talking about how sperm whales, when they orgasm, it's like a, an approximately forty gallons, right? Okay. And she hardly said anything. She goes, no wonder the ocean's so salty. And everybody goes, <laughs> and, then hit, and then it hit her what she said. She's like, oh, grabs her boots and runs out. Like that poor girl. Uh, uh, I love those, those, I call them metal moments. So we all have them when you say something so oh, stupid. Yeah. I think we, we get a pass at just once a day, I think. So. <laughs> God, I can't tell you how many stupid things I've said or done. Yeah, those moments. I have a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember I was putting um mirrors on my truck, and I, 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 I get them all. And I silicon them, and make sure they're all. It's a new truck, and it was all you know, big one, so I could have a camper shell. I was all proud of it, and I opened the door, 
and I put one side of the mirror on the door and the other side on the on the, the quarter panel, smash the mirror when I open the door. It's like, fuck. I love those. I don't know why I'm talking about them, but I love yeah, those. That's moments, all right, because yeah. we just shoot this yeah. shit. That's fine, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh man. So when is we'll get back to possessed, and then we'll plug out with stuff, and then I'll stop holding you hostage. We're, we're an hour and a half already. I didn't even realize that. I know. I'm just going. Well, it's COVID, dude. We got nothing else to do. So. Yeah. No shit, man. <laughs> I got no time limit either. Um. Yeah. So now you said yeah you have everything basically is done with the new record except for you didn't write lyrics, um not yet, but do you have a time frame sort of around about when that's going to be released? You think? No, like I said, we never rush the process. The process right. is fucking grueling and painful enough yeah. without saying we have to be done by then. So, right. but I'm definitely starting the crap. I'm starting to get the ship rolling. You know what I mean? Because it doesn't look like we're going to be touring anytime soon. And to be honest, like, I don't fucking know how long I'm going to be here. I want to get my shit out now while I can. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, I'm 52. Yeah. I mean, the average age is 76. But, you know, how, you know, who knows how long I can continue to do this. So I want to put out as much as possible. And um, I don't know. I, I want what I always, I know it'll never happen with a band I possess. But I want that album that's undeniable classic. You know, I want my that range of blood, an know? undeniable classic. Well, yeah, I, well, not to me. I mean, I loved it, loved it. But remember, well, you're, you, well, you're your biggest. You, you yourself can't label it a classic. It has to come from the people that listen to it. So it's essentially a live album. I mean, it really is. It's all in one take. Like I didn't punch bass in or anything. It's just front to back. Same well, you, you, well, back. You, everyone knows that you're your biggest critic. You, yourself, yeah. you're, you're on your biggest. You, you know, you're, you're your own biggest critic. Seven I track. think Revelations is a, a much more talented, much more talented album. It's, I know what went into all the albums, and I think Revelations is by far the most, well, well, it's the most musical. Well, absolutely, absolutely, because you're not 15, and you're not just going crazy, but yeah. that's a, Seven Churches is a landmark. It is a cool album. It's a cornerstone record, and it's a classic. So I, it felt that way, but I remember with seven churches, I was like, people, this will not take, I, I love it, but this is too much. And it almost was too much. You know what I mean? Like the PMRC eventually jerked, I mean, immediately jerked all our shit off the shelves. You know, that's when they had music land and tower and yeah. you know, all that. They just jerked it all off the shelves. They were like, no, they did everything to try to prevent that album from getting out. Oh the, more the, the more they held it, the more cult it became. So. Yeah. So right there, it's it's like all of that the whole PMRC and Tip of Gore and all that shit, all that, it backfired everything. It, it backfired. You almost want that label on now. I think we still put it on even though we don't have to. Yeah, yeah, because... But they would hide it behind the... the they would hide it behind, and then whenever you'd go to get the Seven Churches on, they'd make you show ID. So it'd be really? behind the counter. Yeah, it'd be behind the counter, and then the cool people would be like... You know, like it was like a drug deal. You know? No. So, yeah, and I've heard so many stories where like Catholic kids would hide it in their bed mattress, and their parents would find it and send them off to fucking Catholic rehabilitation camps. And that's awesome. You know, yeah, or people in Russia that would save two months of their salary in rubles to get it. You know? Wow. And, yeah, it's a trip. It's also the possessed wiki page is the most vandalized page on Wikipedia. Is yeah. it? Yes. Yes. And um. 
Oh, no. oh, and we're one of the most bootleg bands in the world, too. So, really, yeah, it's true. But I mean, with a band like Possessed, that shit's it's almost like free publicity. You know what I mean? So, oh, it absolutely is. What I just think? don't. I just don't like. Like, I see some of the Possessed patches and they're fucked up, right? And I see yeah. people like saying, "I could get, it fell apart," and you know, this this merch is shit. And then I, I fucking hate that because the patches I put together are awesome. You know what I mean? Right. So. So, I mean, and they're cheaper, too. Uh, to buy official, it's even cheaper than the bootlegs a lot of times. Yeah. If but you're going to bootleg something, try to at least make it a quality bootleg. Yeah, the bootlegs are shit. So, and, yeah. and like, for a long time, I fought that. Like, well, I still, you know, I have attorneys that go out, you know, because I own, like, 47 trademarks and the copyrights and all of that stuff. So, so I still, once a year, I'll wipe eBay as good as I can or Amazon or whatever. And, but there's places like, um, you know, Europe and you know, Brazil and Mexico where it's just rampant. There's no laws to cover bootlegging. So right. the, the only thing you can do is get in bed with them because it's better that you're involved with it getting something than they're just going to do it anyway. And, right. and you'll make nothing. So. Sure. Just might as well join them because there's no rules, like you said. That, at least you can control the quality. Though. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's smart. I mean, listen, man. What else are you gonna fucking do? I mean, you, like, like you said, it's like, give me, you know, give me uh, fucking lemons. I make lemonade. You know what I mean? That's true. Like, man. The, the ultimate goal is just to keep the machine going. You know, yeah. keep the keep the keep the people in the green so they can afford to live. Because if you're worried about food and shelter, there's no way you can create art. You know, so, right. so yeah. So I mean, and my guys are doing good though. I mean. uh, like Emilio has a, a day job and he's very successful. He's got houses everywhere. And he just bought this fucking house in Las Vegas, dude. I swear to God, it's so balling, dude. It's like the kitchen looks like a fucking, it's giant, dude. It's like, yeah. like there's an island in the middle. It's all marble. It looks like a fucking castle, dude. Tony and Claudius, he has a house up in Oregon where he has a whole nightclub in the basement with like lights, a fog machine, a fucking PA, a stage, a fucking bar. Like, all- you know what I mean? Yeah, they're doing, they're doing well. Like, yeah, good for them, man. I always like yeah. to see people fucking, and they work hard for it, I'm sure. And they yeah, put we in, and you fucking, yeah. and, you, you, and, you, and you work, and you get shit, and you appreciate it, and that's that. I, I was looking at... Um, Cause I'm always curious what the next guy's doing. I, I heard an interview with Dave Mustaine saying, Oh, you know, like flippantly in my mansion in San Diego. So yeah, that guy's got a mansion. Right. Cause remember I know Dave, right. I know. I remember, you know, partying with Dave, opening up with Slater and suicidal and anthrax and Megadeth and corrosion conformity back in the day. Dave is so fucking cool. Like he's really cool. Yeah. I love that guy. He's great. And uh, but I said, he's got a mansion. Cause remember, I remember when nobody was famous. Right. So right. whenever I see people like, uh, 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 James talking. He has a fucking jumbo jet with a fucking hot tub in it. James from Metallica. Yeah, yeah like or, yeah. or Les has got a winery with those big metal, you know, wheels with the rolling sprinklers. You know, yeah. and he's got his own lake, a lot less lake. And, and I'm like, man, these dudes are fucking cool. Yeah. But I looked online. I was looking at all um, Dave's mansions and shit. He's got them in England and fucking the areas. And he's got them everywhere, dude. Like that's right. You know, well, he he's he's a fucking say what you want. You could be. I mean, I love Megadeth, especially early Megadeth stuff. I love that shit. And say what you want, but man, listen, they those guys are fucking legends, and they put out fucking incredible stuff. And they, they and they didn't sit around and get this. They fucking work hard for that shit. You have to, dude. You have to work your ass off. 
So good for you. If you have fucking 55 fucking mansions, I hope you get the 56th. Yeah. I, I, well, I well, the, problem, the problem with me is if I get a mansion, people will say you're selling out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. They're just jealous idiots on the fucking computer type. There's no way I'll ever get a mansion. But, you know, uh, but hey, man, like, I love being underground. If I if I wanted a mansion, I would change genres. I would have changed a long time ago. Right. But, 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 but you would be love, true to yourself, and, and that's what you are. That's a beautiful thing, man. I know. I, I try to sell out, and I, like, I'm going to write a really commercial song, and then I write Ritual. It's like the heaviest song we've ever written. <laughs> like, because I was like, yo, this is good, but maybe if we just made it a little faster. Maybe, it's like that, that chef that adds too much salt. Yeah, like heavier, true. heavier, heavier, heavier. You know, I can't. It's not. It's like I need to make it heavy enough, so that's good. So. Right. Shit. Awesome, dude. Well, listen, man. This was fucking great. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Fucking, I'm so happy to possess this back that there's new music coming. That yeah. the last record, fucking Revelations of Oblivion, is incredible. Nuclear Blast, obviously, he's taking care of you. There's no pressure. And that's fucking awesome. And, dude, man, I wish you nothing but the fucking best. And... Yeah, dude. I mean, listen, I hope that this fucking world, fucking this whole virus shit, no, I hope that shit comes back because I would love to fucking go to a show. I want to see you guys. You need to come to New York. Travel is fucked up. You need to come to New York so we can have pizza and we'll go to the record. Yeah, yeah, hang out. Go to that vinyl store. Yeah, go to the fucking... Like, like, I know I sing about revelations, but I don't want the end of the world to come. I don't want to be right, you know? So. Of course not, man. It's a band. It's music. You can't take yeah. it, you know? It's not being so literal about it. People take it so literal. It's like, come on, man. Relax. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll hang out, man. We'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch. You got my number, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. You have my number. You have my number. So now, you obviously, you have, you have social... Obviously, there's the Possessed page on Facebook. And what is yeah. it? Official possessed or possessed official on Instagram? Possessed official on Instagram. Possessed and underscore possessed underscore official. But then we just have um the Facebook, you know, the official possessed. Uh we have uh you know the the www uh possessed official. Uh I I don't really have a lot coming up. What uh I have a, my gimme metal show is coming up. Uh this will be my third guest DJ spot. It's coming up on February 15th on Gimme Metal. Okay. com, and uh, what I did for this one was I was like, you know, I started saying, what if I got one of my like celebrity friends to request a song, and then it turned into like an all celebrity uh, uh, song request show. So nice. I just got all my friends to, to uh, and we got everybody there. For, for I, I don't want to blow it, but it's got I got a big old long list of like twelve or thirteen, not like thirteen or fourteen celebrity friends. Uh, everybody from Tony Dolan to, to Satir to Larry Lalonde to, uh, okay. it's just, it's so cool, man. I, uh, nice. um, Patrick from Pestilence and, uh, Dino, uh, uh, from Fear Factory and, and, you know, and, uh, oh God, I could just go on and on. It's cool, man. That's but, but, crazy. but I met Tony Dolan out of this. He's a cool ass dude, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, never, I never spoke to him. You know, yeah, who I, who I would love to speak to, but I don't think he's on any social media. Or if he is, I might have sent him a message, but he has so many people. My message probably got lost in the mix. I would love to speak with Larry. Oh, yeah. Larry's so cool. He's I, the same guy as he always was. So that's, I love to hear that shit, man. Everyone, just a humble guy, remembers where they came from, doesn't have a big head, 
Because at the, end, at the end of the day, we're just people, dude. He, he doesn't even have a social media presence. Presence, so yeah, they have people that are on their site. But we uh, like uh, I'll talk to Larry. Larry's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, uh, "He's like, I'm on um, I'm on lunch lady duty." And I'm like, well, he's like, I'm making sandwiches for the kids, you know. Yo, and so talk a regular guy. Yeah, yeah I'm making, and I'll be like, "How's that guitar of him, Jimmy Hendrix?" Because he has like Jimmy Hendrix's old strats, and oh, I was no like, shit. "How's that thing fire?" And he's like, "He's so humble. He never flexes." Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I'll be taking pictures and Rolexes and shit. And <laughs> yeah, he's not like that. Like, and people get pissed when you do that. Like, they're like, "My wrist is flooded." They're like, "Stop!" <laughs> if I wear a hat, they're like, "Don't do that." So. Yeah, it's so funny though. It's fun to, to kind of just be like the opposite of what I am too. But, yeah. but Larry, Larry is a WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. You know? yeah, I love that guy. Yeah. Cool. We've been friends so long. Me and Mike and Larry and and uh, I think they're working on, on a re-release of the Blizzard demo. Really? That happened mm-hmm. just after I left. Um, they recorded a demo, and uh, that's when everybody started going heavier. You know, so yeah. I mean, possessed. It really picked up the train. Like everybody went from the genera thrash to like you even saw some of the bigger bands going more satanic. You know, so it's a, I, I'd like to say I played my my little part in commercializing Lucifer. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. The destruction of the opiate of the masses. You know? Yeah, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said right from the beginning, man, you're an innovator and you're a legend, and this was fucking awesome. And like I said, I was all over the place. I, so this is that that's that's the Brooklyn blast furnace we just go and there's no fucking map we just go because i'm not trying to be all prim and proper and question and answer period fuck all that man let's yeah, bullshit about rules. fucking metal and that's death metal in a nutshell there are no fucking rules so. right yeah. awesome well if everyone is listening that doesn't know just follow me on instagram at the brooklyn blast furnace if you hit the link in the bio there you, it'll it'll send you to every single place where you can listen and the YouTube link and all that stuff. So, yeah, man. With all of that said, dude, this was amazing. You're a legend. I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you, brother. Thank yeah. you. And Jimmy, be, it's been a pleasure. The pleasure's all mine. Dude, thank you so much. I'll be, I'll be in touch, man. I got your number. So I'll let you know exactly when this is going to drop. I'll send you the flyer. All yeah, I'll promote it. I'll bump it up on Instagram, and I'm like a ninety something thousand people now, like over ninety thousand people on Instagram. We yeah. just started that, like not even a year ago or a year ago, so it's yeah. still pretty good. It's awesome, dude. But for possessed, that's like huge, dude. So yeah, man. On Instagram, kids, possessed underscore official. Go follow it and follow yeah. the Brooklyn Blast Furnace as well on 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 Instagram. And I I answer every single DM too. So I know you do. I know. Yeah. That's how we might take a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Might take a little bit, but you know. You have 90 something thousand followers, man. Listen, you got to root through it. I understand. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm addicted. I'm addicted. I'm, a, I'm a, like a, a kid, you know. <laughs> Listen, but that's that's how you promote. And I say it all the time. It's like a necessary evil. If you want to promote mm-hmm. something, you have to be on social media. And that's that. Definitely. Yeah. Round, Jimmy. Yo, dude, be safe. Perfect timing. Later, brother. All right, later, Rod. Thanks a lot, man. You got it, buddy.